you tonight we come before you our God and our King with all reverence we're just we're just excited again Lord to be together in your presence together at your table to feast with you father we thank you Thank you for this season of feasting, a feasting time when you design for a table to be set before your people. Father, we thank you. We have, we have been enjoying the, the, the substances that you have filled our souls with. We have been enjoying the things which you've caused to descend from above, things to heal us, to elevate us, to increase us. Father, we bless your name. We give you glory. Lord, we are again, we are here again to continue in the path, in the way that you have set the cause you've chatted in the spirit already by the manifold words, the speaking that heaven has caused to come even in this season. Father, we're asking tonight for a, a unique leading help from heaven, a unique help from the spirit, Lord, to, to, to capture the wavelength of your speaking, to follow the frequency at the level with which you want to speak to us at this time i pray lord we ask for help for mercies lord to carry us lord into that feasting place Amen. where you can feast you can your meal can become available Amen. for every soul and for every heart father we ask that by your spirit come and bring movement motioning in every heart posturing by divine power by divine help in the recesses of our hearts father i thank you for the anointing that teaches the unction of the spirit that brings the education of the things of god that brings enlightenment i ask for let our spirit begin to speak tonight i yield my vessel fully lord under you i ask come and anoint it fresh and father i ask for a fresh grace to connect your spirit and that there'll be a ministration of the spirit today thank you our father we give all the glory to your name in jesus name we pray amen amen praise god <clears throat> hallelujah good evening everyone how are you doing please welcome somebody say you're welcome in jesus name Praise God. Um, I'm seeing convention faces. These are faces of 
people who have. <laughs> Amen. How many of us enjoyed the convention? We enjoyed it? Ah, I'm not seeing everybody. Some people didn't enjoy <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. It was a wonderful time, right? The Lord blessed us. Praise God. Um, I, I know it's just, it's just the beginning of even, even greater things to come. Amen. Praise God. I think I mentioned last time that we'll be having our own, uh, by God's grace, here in Canada. And it will be online. Amen. Amen. So uh, the dates for that, um, for those who need to maybe take time off or plan towards it, is September 24th to 26th. Amen. Amen. September what? 24th to 26th. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, without wasting time, let's go to the scriptures. Let's um, open Matthew. Praise God. Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 22. Praise God. Uh, Matthew 22. Let's see. Let's read from Praise God. Okay, let's see uh, verse 33. Hmm, amen. amen. Verse 33 says, And when the multitude heard this, um, that they were astonished at his doctrine. Praise God. Amen. They were astonished at what? At his doctrine. But when the the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, so there was a question before, I believe, um, by the Sadducees. Amen. Amen. Um, from verse twenty-three, that's when they uh, Jesus had taught, and then they brought their questions. Praise God, asking him. <laughs> A, an interesting question. Praise God, and and Jesus, Jesus answered the question by the by the wisdom of the Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. And verse twenty nine, he said that uh, Jesus answered and said unto them, "You do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor what, nor the nor the power of God. Amen. Amen. Not knowing what the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Praise the Lord. And then verse. Um, so verse 33 so when the multitude heard this they were astonished at his doctrine but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence so, so these ones they felt they had more muscle you know <laughs> praise God <laughs> amen you know the, you see three different kinds of people at that time you saw multitude multitude they didn't have they were just astonished he said, "When, when he spoke, praise God, Amen." Amen. Uh, so, and they, they, they didn't have the mind to even re- respond, praise God, to what he said. Um, but the Pharisees, when they heard it, they felt that, that maybe the Sadducees were not, uh, they were not what, they were not solid enough. 
Praise God. So, so the other ones, they asked about marriage and all. Even the Pharisees, they felt like this is a stupid question. Why are you asking this kind of, why are you asking this kind of question? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And they felt like, let us ask and ask. Because the, the Pharisees, these were the, the, they are the, they are the elite sect when it comes to the interpretations of the law. I'm sure at that time, if you met a Pharisee, a Pharisee might even tell you that the, the priests are ignorant. <laughs> Praise God. They might even tell you that those priests, all they do is know how to do is to slaughter what fowl and, and ram and all that, that they don't really know anything. But, but they felt that they had invested in the knowledge of the, of the law, praise God, um, enough that they had become authorities in it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And so when they heard the Silver 34, when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Amen. Yeah. And one of them, which was a lawyer, so this one even had pedigree. It was, <laughs> praise God, I'm sure they must have gathered together. You know, they will always send one. So they asked, who can... <laughs> Who can, who can carry the case? You know, lawyers are, have arguments. So the lawyer asked him a question, attempting him. So the, the purpose of this was, was a temptation. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing the, the order, the kind of temptation, what temptation means to Jesus? Of course, these guys, Satan was the one using them. Right? It's, it's the devil who was, uh, they had they are they are what they had been doing for years that devotion to the letter of the law praise god without guidance of the spirit whenever you see such things you have you create an environment that is ripe for the for the devil to hijack and for the enemy to use praise the lord so so this these were the people who who satan um, was using, Satan really used them against Jesus. And so you see when, and their point of attack was always concerning doctrine, concerning his, his teaching, concerning his doctrine. Praise God. So you see that area of doctrine, that area of teaching, that's where the, the, the greatest temptation when it comes to the path of the spirit, it lies in the area of doctrine. Amen. Amen. Um, so you find that any person who can be stable and solid in doctrine, it takes a lot of strength and help from heaven and from the spirit. Praise God. Because the spirits that are, that are conscious to doctrine, they are the higher class in the kingdom of darkness. Praise God. The small boys are the ones they send, hey, go and Go and tempt him, let him fornicate. It's small, small demons. When you even see them, very ugly looking things. They don't have pedigree in the realm of the spirit. The, the spirit that make people lie, that make people steal, that make people fornicate, that make people backbite and insult and all of that. They are very local boys in the realm of the spirit. But when you move higher in the spirit, you, have, you now come into angels of, of knowledge. Praise God. And, and so those angels, they are, the, they, are also, um, they are also instruments of temptation. Praise God. You know, when the devil fell, the devil, he created an army. An army of what? An army of resistance. 
against God's purpose. And I'm sure when he created that army, I'm not maybe by, by that time men probably haven't even been been created yet. But I'm sure he must have just created them and just got them ready. So whatever God wants to do, Amen. We are ready to do what <laughs> to to oppose him. Praise God. So so in their orders, um, they have they have capacity to. They are all temptation spirits. Praise God. Like Satan. When he died, the nature of death is a is death has temptation interwoven because death death in order to kill i don't mean physically I mean spiritually, you cannot kill a person spiritually without seduction praise God without another word for seduction is temptation right in other words, you must have the ability to lure the soul the purpose of temptation is to overcome the will is to overcome the will and to overcome the resolve of a soul or of a heart praise god and so those spirits all the spirits in the kingdom of darkness praise god their their greatest power is not killing people making people sick that's not their power their power is the the ability to break the will of men concerning god to break the resolve of men concerning God. That's the, and that is the greatest activity of darkness. Praise the Lord. We saw Satan was powerful. He did that to spirits. He did that to angels. He seduced them. He tempted them out of the presence of God. Praise the Lord. So, so the, um, these Pharisees, they, were, they are moving to a place where they were highly cooperating with the devil. Praise God. So, he says, one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question. That's verse 35. Um, Tenting him and saying, Master, praise God, that which is the great, greatest commandment in the law. <laughs> Imagine such a question. Now, to a layman, yeah, it's not just a simple question, which one? So, so it sounds like all they're asking Jesus is, Ten commandments, choose one. It's, it's, it, praise God, it sounds like a... Uh, do you see that? Do you see how? Do you see how it will lame and they might not see this as a tricky question? Yeah. It's like an honest question. Hey, you have... I put ten shirts here. Yeah, choose one. Which one do you like the most? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Or, or, I, or I call you, okay, tell you, okay, there are ten churches. Choose one. Which do you, do you think is the best? Amen. I come to you and say, hey, out of all the books of the Bible, which one is the best in the Bible? <laughs> he may say, no, my own is Psalm. I love the book of Psalms. Oh, I love the book of Matthew or something. Amen. amen. So, so that is not the... To a layman, amen. To a layman, you cannot see a temptation in, in this matter. Are, are you seeing that? They cannot see a temptation. But these guys, the devil has worked on them to a point where they, they knew what to ask. They knew what to what? What to ask. Praise God. And so, and I don't know what was in their heart, what they thought Jesus would say. And I don't know what was, what is even their calculation of the greatest, um, praise God, the greatest commandment. Only God knows what they would have, they would have thought. Amen. But um, it wasn't them tempting him. It was who? The devil. Tempting him. Because the devil also knows something. The devil also knows that Jesus is a prophet. 
you need to understand one thing about the, the devil. He knows that what that what Jesus is a prophet, and I believe that the devil is was also sensitive to the spirit's operation of writing. In terms of the because at this time this was the Holy Spirit was still compiling the volume of the scriptures. Are you seeing that? To it was compiling the volume of the scriptures, which the the full will which the church the fulfilling church praise god what i mean fulfilling church i mean the church that will what the church of say it of the last times amen Amen. the church of the of the end time praise god now you know after jesus died there was a church right after he died that first century after he died maybe first century plus after he died there was a church and there were men in those churches who came into end times in their own journey. Am I correct? Um, But they came into end times in their journey, but there is is end times on a collective scale for mankind. Do you get that? And those end times, there's a particular church, a kind of generation of church that will do what? That will fulfill or that will be in that season. Or that will be the vehicle through which those times will rest upon the earth. Amen. And so one of the things that that church must have is that that church must have what? The completeness of all the scriptures. Praise the Lord. You, that's one of the wisdoms of the book of Revelation. You saw that one of the, ans- the book of Revelation was actually answer to deficiencies in the churches. Are you seeing that? So, in you know, the churches who are journeyed and journeyed, and they, they got to a point where they hit weaknesses, that there wasn't enough light to overcome. Praise God. And then that was the purpose of the Lord keeping John, the beloved, to the end, and leaving him at the island of Patmos to receive that revelation, is for him to receive the completion of the scriptures. Does that make sense? Yes. And that the completion of the scripture is necessary for this end time church. Amen. Who's the, who was the end time church? The, church? the end time church is the church that will be the vehicle of God's governance upon the earth in times when men are moved, when they are men who have moved very close to the structure upon the earth. When when you're upon the earth, you have men who have given themselves to the devil to a point where they are close to being what? Which, all the seasons that the, the, the epistles wrote about. You know, it was the epistles that characterized the, the seasons of the end time. They say men's heart will wax cold. They will not longer endure sound doctrine. They will heap for themselves teachers. Are you seeing that? What was the piece of wisdom that was expo- exposing the season of the end? Amen. Amen. So um, the church, for the, the church of Christ that will be operational on the earth in such a season must be equipped with all the provisions of the Spirit. That's why the book of Revelation is saying, what, what he that has here, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. It means that there are still things the Spirit still has to say to the churches. Praise God. And, and the spirits speaking to the churches are actually 
are actually writing some are you getting when when he, if for eight of those churches the lord told him to write these things that he has been, have been said and send them to the seven churches praise god and at the end of each thing that he said to the, he said let the either that and hear let him hear what what the spirit is saying so i believe of course what the spirit is saying to the churches is is deeply spiritual but a huge component of what the spirit is saying is the manifestation in the form of the scriptures the completeness of the scriptures amen, amen. for the churches do you see that yes. the completeness of the scripture and now one of one thing that is essential for the end time church is the coming into the fullness of the counsel of god which is kept and which is is custodied within the scriptures praise god so the by the time the scriptures the end time church is done this one thing i strongly believe is would have broken through the thing the scriptures the whole scripture would have been unveiled praise god how many of us believe that that there's nothing in the scripture that should be left unveiled that ha- that should be left without being unveiled you know that now when i say scripture i'm not saying we will know all of god do you understand that I, all of god if they went to we will be learning god for eternity eternity and eternity we are still going to be learning god but but inside the scripture there's what they put the wisdom for salvation mm, yes. that's what they spoke about in the book of first second Timothy chapter three yes, sad i have known the holy scriptures which will make the wise unto salvation i don't even believe that now how many of you believe that after a soul has been saved the soul must still keep learning god <laughs> praise god in fact the soul is really saved to really really settle down and learn god because if a soul is not saved, the soul will never settle down to really learn God. Imagine, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Imagine when you know that there's still something out there. Amen. It means that the, the last enemy has not been destroyed. Amen. There is still an enemy out there. The soul has not has not come into the place. Praise God, where where there will be the giving of the loves. All of the loves of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know that giving of love is, is an operation within the chambers. After you have brought the, uh, using the language of Solomon, in the book of, of Songs of Solomon, praise the Lord. We don't know what that chambers is. Inside that chambers, <laughs> yeah, there are things that will happen. Amen. You know, you know souls will be in the chambers of God for eternity. Just him, him, Imagine God continuously unraveling himself, exposing himself, revealing himself. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that, uh, the arena of that, the, 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 the venue of that revelation is called salvation. Praise God. There's a revelation of God. There's a, a continuous revelation of God that can never happen outside the arena of salvation. Are you seeing that? So, and by that time, it's not scripture they will be reading there. It's not scripture we'll be reading the world to come. We'll be reading God. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. That's the, that is the enjoyment of eternity. It's the, it's the unveiling of the Creator, the constant unveiling of the Creator to the souls of men. And when that begins to happen, you will now realize that this is what soul was made for. Amen. Soul was made to receive the continuous and unending unveilings of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so, what I meant, so you see that there is plenty of God even beyond the, the curriculum of salvation. Are you seeing that? The, God is an endless curriculum, but out of him, he brought forth the curriculum of salvation. That curriculum means what a man needs to know to be saved. Now, after a man has been saved, there are many things. That's when real life begins. You understand? <laughs> Amen. But there is what a man needs to know to be saved. Now, those things is what the Bible is hiding or what the Bible is keeping. Are you seeing that? So, so, so that's why I believe that by time, the end time church is a church that will, that will receive all the the content of the volumes of the book. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so that's why there's plen- you see there's plenty of emphasis on scriptures. You see the Lord's, what he if, what if faulted the Pharisees for when they were asking him that question. Amen. Is that you know not the scripture. Nor what the scripture is talking about. Which is the power of God. Praise the Lord. I love, I love the way Jesus spoke. He said, you know not the scripture, not the power. It means that the power of God is something to be known. It's a knowledge. Yes. Uh, praise God. Yes. You know, we think power of God is display. Yes. Yes. Praise God. But the power of God is actually, is actually knowledge. It's the, it's the knowledge of God that is hidden within the scripture. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. Amen. 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 Praise God. So the guy tempted him and said, which is the greatest, which, which is the great commandment in the law? Then verse 37, Jesus answered and said unto him, he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, amen, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Praise God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And this is the first and the great commandment. Praise God. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Praise God. Amen. 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 Then verse 41 says, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, Okay, since you are here, you asked you ask me a question. I want to ask you a question too. <laughs> Amen. I also have a question for you. Since you are so knowledgeable. You know, but I'm sure by this time, when Jesus was now asking them, verse 41, by this time they are still thinking, Okay, what did he just say? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Because when you check what he said, this one he called the great commandment is not among the, the ten commandments. Amen. When you look at the ten commandments, you will see it. You will see it there. Amen. Praise God. 
you will see what he just said and there they must have been asking okay this is not something is going something fishy is going on here amen and while they were still thinking they just said okay now i have a question to ask you praise the lord he says that uh, what what think you of christ who is whose son is he Amen. Amen. Now, that, that word Christ here means just meant Messiah. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus but he wasn't, asking, wasn't asking them, who am I? Because they didn't identify him as the Christ. So, what he's asking them is, the Christ you know in the scripture, because from reading the book of, of Isaiah, reading the prophets, praise God, that Christ, whose son is he? And the answer is the son of David. And he said unto them, how doth how then does David in spirit call him Lord? Because David, <laughs> praise God, David calls him, what? Calls him Lord. When he said, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit down at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. And if David then called him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Praise God. They couldn't answer. Neither does any man from that day forth ask him. <laughs> Does any man ask him any more what? Any more question? Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Jesus was awesome. Wonderful. Are you seeing Jesus' strength? These were the these were the powers of Jesus. You might say Jesus, I was a wonder walking man. He was a healer. He raised from the dead and he did all those things. That was not the most amazing. The Pharisees were not moved by such things. Because all kinds of men have done such things before. Are you seeing that? All kinds of men, some, some in the power of the devil, some with demonic power, all kinds of things. have Even in their own history, they've seen more signs and all kinds of things. So if Jesus came just doing miracles, it's not enough proof that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. But you see, these are the wisdom which is rooted in scriptural understanding. Praise God. Wisdom which came out, which is hewn. You can tell that Jesus was raised by the spirit of the book. He was raised by the spirit of the scriptures. Amen. The scripture actually, the scripture was the building blocks that he used to lay his wisdom in the realm of the spirit. Praise God. So when Jesus is speaking, Jesus has vast knowledge of the scripture and i believe in his speech scriptures are not broken praise god are you getting that in his speech what scriptures scriptures are not broken because of how they have been arranged on the inside of him amen so let's go back to this verse verse 37 amen and he said he said just said unto him thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul, praise God, and with what? All thy mind. And this is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor, praise God, as thy what? As thy self. Then he said, on these two commandments hang all the what? All the law and the prophet. Say the law. And the prophets. They hang the law, what? And the prophets on these two commandments. So so Jesus, when he say something hangs on something, what is the meaning of that? 
Can you tell me? When you say something hangs on something else, what is the meaning of that? Sorry, say that again. Holds it. It says one thing hangs on another. He's saying something. One thing is derived, or one thing rests upon. So it means that this, the one which hangs on something else, comes after. Right? If you hang on something, there's something first, then you hang on it. Means that word hang means that is where you derive your your standing. So when when they asked Jesus the question. Jesus wasn't answering based on the Ten Commandments. He went into where the Ten Commandments came from. Are you you seeing that? Amen. Are you seeing that? In other words, Jesus, Jesus, at this point, Jesus had, had, the Spirit has cemented him into the mind of the Father. You know, Jesus at this point had come into has come into oneness with the Father inwardly, right? I am my Father, we are one. And, and when you come into the oneness of the person, it means a lot of things. It means that you have, you've connected his wisdom. It means that by spiritual journey in the nature of his Father, he can find out things. Are you getting me? And in other words, Jesus can tell you, this is what the Father was thinking. When he said, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt. Are, are you seeing that? Now, just reading the, the scripture, forever and ever can never show you that. You can read it forever. Amen. Praise God. All your life, you cannot see. You cannot see this kind of sight. To, to see beyond the law and the prophet. And see what, it's, what it hinges upon. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, so that thing which the law and the prophet hinges upon, Amen. amen. It's talk is there are two commandments. It's really one commandment, but then another one that is derived from. Praise God. Say commandments. Commandments. Amen. amen. Now I want to talk a bit, a little bit about what those commandments are. So those commandments, these two commandments here are not these ten commandments. But rather, it's what the ten commandments hinges upon. What makes the ten commandments valid? Are you seeing that? What make, in other words, another way to put it is, what are the ten commandments trying to express? There's something in God that cannot, God could not just deliver that thing raw to Israel. Yeah, come on. They can't even see it. So the Lord now says, okay, based on this, my intent, I can derive something that you are able to receive at this point. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So now, so both those commandments, now you now saw that those commandments, this commandment, God did not give it to Moses. Praise God. Rather, God derived something that he gave to Moses and to Israel. Am I correct? Praise the Lord. Now, but so who is this commandment for? And how long has that commandment been there? When was it given? Who was it given to? Now, when Jesus is, is saying this thing, Jesus is not just inventing it like now, now, now. 
Are you get what I'm saying? He's not just giving one. You know, it's not, you know how they they develop law in the legislature. <laughs> Praise God. Every law has a date. So this was the date that this was passed into law. So henceforth from this day, it's now a law. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Um, but so what this Jesus is saying, this one is actually before the all the law and what and the commandments. So so question, whose law is it? Uh, am I making sense to you? I, I don't know if you get my question. I'm going somewhere. Whose law is it? Who was it given to? Or was it even given? Uh, amen. amen. Are you seeing that? Yes, sir. Amen. amen. So this, these laws, they are the, these two things are the they are the summary, I believe, of. They are the summary of. Of, legality. They are the boundaries of. Um, of, righteousness. If I can use that word. What's the purpose of law? The purpose of the law is to, define is to bring a definition of righteousness. Is that, does that make sense? Yes, Law is to give definition. In other words, this is what is right, this is what is wrong. If you've not brought a law, if anybody come and say, ah, this is right too, you ask him, where is the law? They say there is no law, and it's your opinion. Enjoy your opinion, you and yourself. That opinion is not binding to me. It doesn't bind me because... It is not written. You get what I'm saying? It's not being given. So, so the law is the is the law or commandment. It sets the parameters. It it defines what is right. Praise God. It's what is a definition of what what is right. It's a definition of what is right. It defines what is right. What is right to who? I believe this is what is right to any entity, any creature of God. Amen. Amen. It is what is right to what? Every creature of God. Every entity. Every living creature. Living creature means that has a spirit, every that has a spirit that has a spiritual function. Praise God. That in God, these are the two two things. Amen. They're actually two pillars in God. Praise God. They're actually pillars in God. Amen. They are the determinants of righteousness in God. So what it means is that here God weighs creatures based on this commandment. Can we read them again? Verse, verse 38. It says that this, verse 37, sorry, says that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, 
and with all thy soul and with what? All thy mind. That what heart, soul, mind is talking about the totality. Praise God. You see that here, what it's really saying is that you love the Lord thy God with all of your soul. Now, are you seeing that? Now, are you, now you're not wondering, okay, why didn't he mention spirit and body? Here. So it means that really, commandment, the, the task of keeping commandment, is a task for the inward man. It's a task for who? For the soul. In other words, God doesn't, when you check God, God doesn't have commandments for spirits. Rather, God can go to a spirit and raise it. Right? God takes a spirit and creates it how he wants. Like your own spirit, which is Christ, is created. The day you were born again, you were recreated, you became Christ. Didn't God did not may create some kind of pseudo something and say, hey, take a commandment, be doing it. The spirit is not the doer of commandment, it's the soul. Does that make sense? Yes, Amen. So, so that's why, that's, this is the reason why it is the soul that determines the, the estate of a person. Where are you going to stay? Where are they going to keep you? The realm of the spirit. What realm do you have access to? What aspect of God? How much of him do you have access to? It's not who you are in your spirit, man. Praise God. It is who the soul is. Because that is the... The soul is the man. You know, you are, you are three men in one man. But that, out of those three men, the spirit, soul, and body, the soul is the one that God commands. God raised the spirit so he can command the soul. So he can give the soul a commandment. Amen. The spirit, the spirit and gives the soul an entitlement to a commandment. Are you getting me? In other words, if, your, if God creates the spirit, every spirit that has become Christ, say Christ. Christ. Every spirit that is, uh, that is Christ, is, is that by virtue of being Christ, you are something in your spirit. The spirit man called Christ is the man who can receive, whose soul is qualified to receive commandments from God. No unbeliever is qualified to receive commandments from God. Do you understand that? No unbeliever who has a dead spirit, whose spirit is a child of the devil, has a right because God doesn't command another man's children. God will not take the devil's child and begin to command him. Hey, go and do this. Go and do that. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that you can't, you can't do that to another man's child? It's wrong for God to do that. Amen. Even though unbelievers are all around them. Amen. All around them. They have the representation of the judgment of God. And the righteousness of God. The expectations of God. Do you, are you getting me? They have it all around them. Praise God. Not only around them in terms of nature. Because Romans chapter 1 says that. That the invisible things are seen. By what even all the things that are clearly. That are created. Nature shows everything. Praise God. Uh, but not only that. God even made it available. 
inside of them. So someone who is not born again, spirit is dead. In their conscience, they still have a what? Some measure of... Not command, it's not commandment. They have some measure of the a perception of, the, of righteousness at a measure. The conscience con, con, has it, but it is not a commandment. That, you don't introduce the word commandment. That word commandment is, only the, is, only, is a word that you can only speak to, to an entity called Israel. Commandment is what God gives to Israel. Are you seeing that? And, and now, that God did not give any other nation on the earth commandment. How many of us believe that? He didn't, God did not command any other nation upon the earth. Praise God. But God picked one nation. He led them to a point. He said, come and receive it inside your heart. They refused. Okay, so no, no Allah will put it on a stone and will give it to you. But this thing is a commandment. I can kill you because of it. Praise God. And he killed many of them because of it. Praise, am I correct? I'm, amen. Now, God will not go and kill a Gentile nation because you are not, you are, you are coveting your, your neighbor's wife. Praise, you are not keeping the Sabbath. Praise the Lord. You have other idols. God did not kill any nation because of that. But to Israel, there is something about their name binds them. An Israelite cannot be in the camp of Israel and say that all this thing you guys are doing, I'm not, in, I'm not interested in it. Oh. You guys are doing your own thing. The ones, the ones who did that, they all died in the wilderness. <laughs> Praise God. Do you, do you get that? It's not, it's not electional. They will ask you a question. Are you, whose child are you? Did they, did you come, do you have Abraham's genes inside of you? Praise God. Do you have, even, do you, are you a descendant of Jacob who wrestled with God and became Israel? Are you his child? They say, yes, I mean, I'm sorry, you are not exempted. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, at some point, some of them, got for where they can speak to Moses anyhow. They, they forgot that maybe they look at how all Gentile nations behave. You know how you know, Gentile souls are free. Amen. Gentile souls are wayward and they are free. They can they do anything they like. In fact, they can just decide, I'm no longer in this country. I'm not a member of this country anymore. They just pack their load and go to another country and say, Oh, king, we've come to pay allegiance to you. Our own king is misbehaving. <laughs> Amen. They can go from one place to another. They have nothing. Nothing is binding them. They have no identity. But, but there is what you call Israel, the, the people of God. Amen. Amen. What did I say? Israel, the people of God. That name, that name Israel, was, it was, even though Jacob wrestled with God, they changed his name, but the name Israel was not activated yet. It wasn't activated, even when he was Jacob, even when he became Israel. Amen. And then when he went into um, Egypt. Amen. Praise God. It wasn't, uh, that name wasn't activated yet. Number one, it wasn't even a people. It's just a man. That name was a prophecy. 
he was carrying the prophecy around. He went into Egypt and he died in Egypt. That word died means he, he sowed, he was sown in Egypt. He was one, he was sown in Egypt. Praise God. But in Egypt, he became many. Are, are, you, are you getting that? Now he became many. Then they became a nation inside Egypt. There were many, but the name has not really been activated yet. That word name, <laughs> praise God. It means that God can't really say, these are really mine. Even though God was blessing them, I, I know I have plans for you. But So he was sending blessing to them in Goshen, in the land of Egypt. The Egyptians will sow and it won't grow well. But when they go into Goshen and sow, everything is beautiful. God, blessings were coming. Those blessings is... God just God has plans for them, but their name was not activated yet. For their name, for their name, amen. amen. For for the when the the real activation of the name happened was the night of Passover. That night of Passover. The nation that can do anything they like died yeah. that night. Do you get me? Yeah. Because what happened? They sent angel of death into the land. What was the angel of death to do? To kill the... What is the meaning of firstborn? Firstborn means the future, the destiny. Do you, uh, do, you that, do you know that Egypt ended that night? How many of you know that? Egypt ended that night. Egypt ended. Imagine a whole land, they take all the firstborn. Even that after a while, the nation now becomes a nation of secondborn, thirdborn, fourthborn. Are you getting me? Now, if you, you need to understand Jewish culture to know what firstborn means. In that nation, the firstborn is all the investment of all the culture of the nation. Praise God. At that time, these were cultures of that season, not just the Jewish culture, but cultures of that season. At that time, of the, when you see a firstborn, that's the embodiment of who the person is. They invest themselves, they pour themselves into that person. Are you seeing that? Now, and God came and said, I am ending everything. And God took it, but God did what? He spared the words, the Israelites. How did he spare them? Took a tell them to slay an animal, put the Lord. On. That the meaning of that thing is that your life ended today. From now, another another person is who you are. You are living another life. The life you are living is the one that was. <laughs> Amen. It's the one that is no longer your own. Are you getting me? Because praise the Lord. Pray because without that thing, they will they will die. Right, so if they imagine if they refuse and say, Okay, no blood, and we, we don't believe in any of that, that nonsense, we are all going out. Let's say all the firstborn went out. What will happen? Imagine all the firstborns of Jacob dying. Are you, are you get that? And you know that them, they are is in their, in their flesh, is where God had his, his covenant with them. So if you kill those people, you've Israel has ended. Are you getting me? Praise the Lord. So, so they, sh- they should have, they should have died. Praise God. But the Lord then 
preserve them. And they became indebted to him. By that act, the Lord had right. Does that make sense? By that act, God had right. None of them by right. That's why when God was killing them in the wilderness, God doesn't even feel like he's doing something bad. He just he can do it whenever he wants. When they misbehave to a point, the ground just open and swallow them, and the ground will close back. That's the end. That's the end of that one. You can't ask God question. They are Israel. They are people of God. Are you seeing that? So. So there is no, you cannot have, you can't say commandment without a sense of ownership. Mm. Commandment is not, is not suggestion, it's not what I told you and then go and think about it. If you like, do it. If you like, don't do it. That's not a commandment. That's just a suggestion. Praise God. And suggestion is, is what God is doing to unbelievers in the world. Come on, all of you repent to, amen. <laughs> I can save you from all your sins. But, but he doesn't have that legal right to demand righteousness from an unbeliever. And God knows it. The devil knows it. That God cannot do that. But there's, there's someone who God has a right to demand righteousness from. Who is that person? A person who has become an Israel in the spirit. As they say, we are the circumcision who what, worship God in the spirit. That's what I think Paul was saying that, right? It was no longer in the flesh. We are now the circumcision who worship God. I want to worship God. We serve God. That we are actually, we actually belong to him. We are worshippers of him. Amen. And we worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ. That's the Messiah. And we have no what? Confidence in the flesh. Praise the Lord. So, so because of that, the Lord is able to give to give commandment. Now, I have something to tell everybody. If you are a Christian, the, the righteousness of God to you is a commandment. Praise God. The righteousness, the laws of God, the ways of God. If you are a Christian, to you it's a commandment. Because God can, can rightfully demand it of you. Why? Because he's the blood, he, he, he took his son and slayed him and gave his life for you. Praise God. God cannot make that sacrifice and you think you are just yourself and you can do it anyhow. You've been bought. The Bible says that you've been bought with a price. They call it the, the redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. And that blood has its ramifications to all the three men. The spirit man has its own ramification. That's where the identity changes. That's where you no longer belong to yourself. That you belong to the devil. You belong to to God by virtue of the, the purchasing power of the blood of Jesus. See purchasing power. Purchasing power. That, that, that blood has purchasing power and it has redemptive power. There are two, two main powers of the blood. Praise God. Amen. It has what? P- 
purchasing power and has redemptive power. The purchasing power of the blood is applied to your spirit man so that the redemptive power of the blood can be applied to the soul of a man. So, and no man should be purchased and then say, I don't want to be redeemed. What you are saying is that, hey, you bought me, but I will ne- I'm, I'm not going to allow myself for you to use me. You bought me to use me for a reason, but I'm not interested in, you be- in being used by you. The word redemption means transformation for use. When you, when you redeem the thing, it means that you've made it usable. You, the, redemp- the usage of a thing is actually the redemption of it. I mean, if you believe that. The, when you say you've been redeemed, you've redeemed it. It doesn't mean you just bought it. Something can be purchased, but not redeemed. Praise God. Amen. I can buy it. Like, like, buy, getting, us getting born again is like God buying a car that's not working. Because none of us was walking when we got born again. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. 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 I don't know if you believe that you are not walking when you, when you go. <laughs> Amen. You know, the, 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 the person whose child you were before was an, is an abuser. Right? The devil. The devil is an abuser. So an abuser means, to abuse means you don't use it for what it's, it's used for. What it was meant to be used for. You don't use it for, for it. Amen. It's like, okay, let's say you go and buy a Mercedes Benz now. This is what the devil can do. I'll just show you the wickedness of the devil. You go and buy a Mercedes Benz now. You just bring it to your house. Remove the engine from it. Praise God. <laughs> remove the engine. Remove the, uh, praise God, you, the chair. And everything, put it aside. So it means that no one can even sit inside. <laughs> there is no chair. You remove the chair. Praise God. Then you remove the steering. It's in key things that are being removed. The steering means you can never drive it. You remove that. Praise God. Then you now begin to store Gary bags of Gary inside. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You store Gary, you store yams. Amen. <laughs> That's what the devil has done to souls. Is is what, what is the purpose of that? Well, when you look at it, when when just the naked eye just come and what is this thing? You you wouldn't even see cat. You would just you see a is a what a, a barn or where they store. Praise God. You see a different thing altogether. That's what Satan uses the world to turn souls into. Satan is an abuser of men. Take a man that God made in the book of Revelation chapter 4. It says, for his pleasure, they, for your pleasure they are and were, were created. Amen. And, and God created man and he furnished him with some things initially. If he furnished him to a level with the intention of upgrade to use for his purposes. Praise the Lord. And then so, imagine you now take that thing and then you look at it. You don't see, when you see men, you don't see the original intention of God. You see something else. When you see men, you see a, you see a design of lust. 
like you see a lost machine. Praise God. You see a product, something that was fashioned by the devil to execute lost. That's what the world turns men into. It turns, turns the, the soul of a man into a lost vehicle. So man has been fashioned according to lusts. Paul called them your former lusts. You were fashioned according to those lusts. Praise God. Fashion me. What is fashioning? Designing. The, the world is a fashioner of men. It fashions men according to lusts. Amen. So, so one day the owner now finally came. Okay. And then paid one price that this, that this, amen, this bad man can never reject. That's the blood, price of the blood of Jesus. You know, Jesus' blood is one kind of price that you can't, it's not a negotiation. Praise God. It's not, Satan can't negotiate. You know, um, no, I won't sell this one. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, how many of you know that? You can't, you can't negotiate with that price. Praise God. And they bought us back. Say they bought us back. How many of you are happy they bought you back? <laughs> so what, what, what happened was the purchasing. Getting born again was the purchasing of that thing that has been abused by Satan. When you got born again, we're all lost equipment. Different kinds of loss playing out. Loss of the eyes. That you now have, in that loss of the eyes, you now have different variety of eyes lost that has been installed within the... You know, the world has opened the eyes of men to different kinds of things. Praise God. And then loss of the flesh, varieties in the Akedas. Amen. Amen. <laughs> then you have pride of life. These are the things that they fill the soul with. Amen. Amen. So, so, the, so when he purchased that soul, he can't use it now. Mm-hmm. Like if you buy that Mercedes, it's not really a Mercedes Benz anymore. You remove the steering, you remove the chair, you remove everything from on the inside. You can't even drive it. Wow. But you purchased it. So you know, a lot of Christians who got born again. When a man just gets born again, he is still mostly useless to God. Yes. At that point, thank God for the glorious activity of salvation of the spirit man. Amen. And you, get, you confess the Lord and all that. And your spirit gets born again. But you are still, when it comes, say use. Use. Why is that? We like, how many of us like use? That thing called use. How many of you like when you have something, you use it? I mean, if you like when you have something, you can't use it. Let's say you went to buy something with. Let's say you take all you have, because that's what God did. Amen. Does God have anything else apart from that? Now, now imagine you took all you had in this life. Let's say all, all, everything that you have. Praise God. And what most of us have, we don't even have anything to start with. So, so that's not a good analogy, but let's try and use it. Or let's say that you worked all your life. Because. That is Logos. That his son is his product. Praise God. So let's say you have everything and then you now you take it and go and buy one thing. And then when, when you buy the thing, 
you now bring it and it's not usable. Do you feel that pain? That just touch yes. that pain a little. That's the pain of the father. Hi. When you see Christians, when he sees Christians who are rejoicing in their new birth, but have no concern about being usable by God. And of course, being usable is not, use me, Lord, send me to the nations to preach your word. Use me to do exploit in your kingdom. That's not usability. That's not what God wants to use the soul. The soul was not designed a preacher. The soul wasn't designed an evangelist. There's nobody who would tell me, ah, this is my soul. I was made to be an evangelist. You're a liar. That's not what your soul was made for. Nobody's soul was made to be a banker, a lawyer, a politician, a president, a bishop, a pope, a minister. That's not what the soul was. Can the soul do all those things? Yes, but that is not the use of the soul. Amen. Are you seeing that? Amen. Are you seeing that? The, the use of the soul is to give a home for God. Is to give what? A home. If, if God, the, your usability to God is how much of accommodation inside of you does God have? If you are praying, Lord, use me, and that's what you are praying, hey, you are praying well. But if you are praying, Lord, use me, I want to be used by you, and that's not what you are praying. You are not praying it right. You need to shift your prayer a little bit. Praise God. You need to become, that's, that's one thing the Lord needs to baptize us in, is to become more God-indwelling conscious. Now, I don't mean Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. Just that Holy Ghost. I'm talking about God. Amen. When you say God, God is two, Christ and God. So those persons, they are indwelling inside of them, of you. There is a consciousness of that thing you need to develop. That is the measure of your usability towards God. And you now find that most people are not conscious of that thing at all. To even, even, to even know that that's even a thing. They need to reveal and reveal and reveal and reveal and reveal and reveal until one day I to click a little. It's true. Anyway, do you know how much light it takes to define and, and, and to paint the indwelling of Christ inside the man to a point where his soul, now it begins, it's a thing that the soul can begin to long for, measure, check. And be conscious of, on the inside, the indwelling of Christ by nature. And we'll see how that indwelling is. Amen. Amen. In, inside of man. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So when you buy it, it's, a, it's what they call purchasing. Praise God. That's Amen. the first operation of the blood. is a purchasing operation of the blood. Right? And that, that now has to move into the user. Let's see that in Ephesians chapter 1. Very quickly. We'll come back here. Let's see that in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. Father, we thank you. Glory to your name. Amen. Father, we thank you. 
let's see Ephesians 1, let's see verse verse 12. It says that we should be that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Amen. In whom ye also trusted after ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, praise God, which is the earnest of our inheritance, as a down payment, praise God, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Praise God. Say, on, until the redemption of the what? Of the purchase. So this tells you there is a gap. And when they say until, it means there is time involved. There is a space of time involved. That time is the time between the purchasing and the redeeming. So, there's a time when they will now begin to redeem the purchased possession. There will be a full redemption. Now, that redemption is unto the praise of his glory. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Are you seeing that? It's unto what? The praise of his glory. The word glory... Is actually when it comes to man, that God glory is a, is a qualification word for a vessel. Glory means a kind of a vessel. It's a vessel, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the at, at the word appearance. So the, the word glory means the end. To, unto the praise of his glory means the end of redemption. Glory is the end of redemption. Praise God. Glory is what? Glory is the end of of redemption. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? So, so you see that the the unbeliever has something inside of him. Is something that he also sees praise that represents some standard of righteousness to him praise god but that is not a commandment to him but when a person becomes christ in their spirit and they now begin to receive a revelation of righteousness every revelation of righteousness to a believer are actually commandments at different levels. Praise God. Every revelation is what? A commandment. Commandment means you are, you are actually bound to do them. And that means that God can ask you, why did you not do them? And he will ask. Anybody who 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 commandment comes to and you don't do it, you've not escaped it. Too. Then in in your archive of your days, living as a Christ in your spirit on the earth, and then investment was made for revelation to come to you. 
and you don't do it. That's not the end. You've not heard the end of that thing. Do you know why? Because the book of Second Corinthians says we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That judgment seat of Christ is not the great white throne judgment where they cast into the lake of fire. That one, no unbeliever will stand there. It was writing to Christians. It's not the great white throne judgment. That's not the one. This is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Only believers. Even unbelievers cannot come there. It is only believers. Let's read that in the book of, um, I think it's 2 Corinthians. Praise God. Praise God. This is chapter what? Chapter 5. What verse is it? Verse 10. Amen. Praise God. Father, we bless your name. It says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Praise God. That everyone may then receive the things that are done in his body according to that he had done whether it be what it be good or bad knowing therefore the terror of the lord we persuade men but we are made manifest unto god and i trust also that us i trust also are made manifest in your consciences praise god we persuade men but we are we are made manifest unto god and I trust also and be manifest in your consciences. Now, now you see this word, judgment seat of Christ. There's a way you can see this word and then you, now, you just think it is just talking about Christ's standard. That this just pertains to maybe the Christ portion of commandment. But it's not. This word, judgment seat of Christ, is something else. It's, it includes all the curriculums of Revelation including the revelation of God and salvation that comes to a man. This is, to, this is talking about the judgment in the order of the seated position of Christ. Do you, I, I, how, many of you believe, how many of you believe that? If any, when any man stands before Christ where he is sitting, you are standing before God. Do you know, do you know yes, that? Yes. Because Christ in his seated position is God. In other words, when he unveils his standard, all his standard of judgment is God's standard. Are, are you seeing that? But not just God, he has all the standard. And, and now, why, did, why, would they not, why would they say, why would they say, amen? Why, you know that in the book of Revelation chapter 20, 20, is that white throne is not Christ that is us sitting there, is actually God. Amen. So that one has nothing to do in a sense with Christ. Do you believe that? It has nothing to do with Christ. You don't you don't bring Christ into that judgment of who is going into fire, fire and all that. No. What you just bring is book. Book or open. And another book was open. 
the book of life. I, now, are you seeing what I'm trying to tell you? The book of life. In other words, such people, they will be exposed to raw judgment of book. It's just that book. Because when they refuse the, the, the gift of a man, all the people who will stand there, amen, are those who refused, they, were, they must have refused Christ, which is God's provision. You, you get that. So they have nothing to do with Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then the books will, will open, praise God. And they will say, okay, you refuse Christ. Yeah, come now. Because what Christ was making, was bringing, is what is inside the book. The life of the book is what is packaged into a man that make it receivable by other men for the purpose of salvation. Do you get that? Now, when you refuse that thing, it means you refuse what is written in the book. If you refuse the, what is, because the purpose of what's written in the book is to trans, make you compatible with the book. It's actually meant for to cement your name inside the book. Nobody's name will be cemented in that book without Christ. It is actually Christ. It is in, it's through Christ's curriculum that men's name are what are actually uh, written. If I can use the word written in the book. In other words, another way to put it is this. You will not find any man's name in that book who, who hasn't become, who hasn't received Christ. It is Christ that is actually the qualifier of men to be written in God's own book of life. Do you get that? Yes, sir. Amen. So, so, so it means that that book is actually the standard. What will decide where men are going is actually the standard that is written in the book. Does that make sense? Praise God. So those people who are not found in the book are, not, are people who are not partakers of Christ. Are you seeing that? They are not found in the book. When, by the time they bring them on that day, in that, that chapter 20 is talking about, when they now open the book, you, now, you will now begin to see that these guys are actually clearly divorced from everything that is in the book. It's based on that judgment that they move into the lake of fire. Does that make sense? They are, it means they never received the content of the book. They never received the offering, the life of the book. Are you, am, am, am I making sense? So that seat is different. Christ is not there. But then you now have people who we became partakers of Christ. Are you seeing? In different degrees. First in the purchasing work. I use, that's the first one. In the, purchase, the purchasing work. Means that they purchased and they became Christ in their spirit. And they now began to receive what? Redemption. Redemption, which is they begin to receive the which is, is really the judgment of the book, are you seeing? But began to be given to them at levels to bring Christ is the Christ is the step down transformer of God. <laughs> Praise God. I, 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 I mean, if you believe that, Christ is what is the step down transformer. We can't just take this house now and then go and connect see high tension wire. Then we just bring one cable and say, okay, we want to connect our house to the... What will happen? Everything in your house will blow. That's if, if you yourself don't blow with the house. 
you can't so god is high tension no man can receive high tension without a step down some foolish guys they, we don't need the high tension we can we are we are ready god no problem we will see you at the white throne Praise the Lord. How many of you believe that when they are preaching Christ to you, they are stepping God down to you? If you say we don't need the revelation of Christ, there's one way we can do it. There's no way. This is it. We are talking about God here. Amen. There's no way anybody will have God in any, in any meaningful way without the, the preaching, the re- Say step down. down. Revelation is a step down process. Is how God is stepped down. To imagine, make a man able to receive God. How? (laughs) It's a serious provision. When you see that transformer, I don't, I don't know. I've studied transformers in school, but and it's a, it's a wonderful concept when you, when you study it in engineering. Praise the Lord. It's a great. When I, when I study that thing. Praise God. I think that's probably the only thing I loved in the whole power area. Because in electrical engineering, you can do power, you can do other things. Amen. So when I got to that power class, amen, I didn't really like it that much. But I like that transformation concept. See, transmission lines. Amen. Amen. There's a wisdom, there's something about it. It's a supernatural wisdom. You know that men, we do things, but we are copying... You are copying the who? The creator. Praise God. So Christ can step God down. How does he step him down? Revelation by revelation. Revelation by what? Revelation by revelation. Amen. So, that, and the, the, the time given for revelation is when you are in your body. The purpose of the body is to receive revelation. In fact, from when Adam stood in the garden, revelation started. The Lord began to bring revelation. Who? The Lord God began to bring revelation at levels to Adam. Praise God. So, when that, that judgment seat are for people who are Christ in their spirit... Amen. Amen. They do not ask you, what were you doing when in your body? What did you use, praise God, your time in your body as a Christ in your spirit? What did you do with that time? You will, of the things that were, these that were done in the body, what are the deeds that should be done in the body? Is the revelations, praise God, of Christ, or what you call the commandments. Amen. Amen. So, and the commandments are, the commandments are supposed to, the purpose of commandments is to take men to God. The purpose of commandment is quickening. Praise God. Hallelujah. Commandment is for the quickening. How, how, the way God quickens a 
soul. That quickening is also the process of redemption mm. of a soul. The way they quicken a soul is by commanding it. Commandment. What is a commandment? Commandment is, is the giving of a is giving of an instruction or a revelation for the purposes of producing an action. Is not commandment is not storytelling. Christ did not come to tell stories to men. The way we've turned Christianity into now is as if Christ is a storyteller. Praise God. We think that he was just a good man who came and was telling stories and then we gather, we read some of his stories and we go home. We drink coffee and share biscuits. Praise the Lord. And then tell our own stories to one another. <laughs> Amen. What was that wisdom to catch what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know that Christianity can be preached, and is not, and you can, someone can preach a very nice message, but it's not a commandment. Yeah. Yeah. These are the kind of, especially in this part of the world, the Western world. Yeah. Western world, we have carved out is a breed of. I don't know what that breed is. It's a special breed of Christianity. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is a is a special breed of Christ. It's like. It's like Christianity with a strange anointing. Is what's the anointing for? Is it anointing to absorb men of all responsibility? That is, that is, of all responsibility toward God. What we load them responsibility towards man: be this, be good, be kind, be good. But when are you getting what I'm saying? But anything responsibility towards the spirit, towards the, you know what I'm talking about? Towards the unseen. There's no. Uh, are you seeing uh, you see messages in the, the in this world you see that thing is a death program sorry to say the, the, those are messages you preach to dead beings who are dead beings beings you don't expect anything from i don't expect anything spiritual from you don't that kind of, that kind of message that's the developed world kind of christian that's what we are, they are doing here mostly in this developed world is 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 it's a message without Expectation of spiritual response. Response of a soul towards the spirit, towards the unseen, towards the things of God. Are you seeing that? Yes, Praise God. So, so that, that, is, that is a dead thing. And God is bringing revival. Very soon, very soon, such things will no longer be acceptable. Why? Because the, the standard will, will soon be be seen Amen. by God because the mercy of God is going to prevail. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, so what, what I say commandment is? Commandment is an instruction or a revelation for the purpose of what? An action. So, when God comes, God is a kind of a being. That's why sometimes the God has preached is not who God is. There's a way God is. God is a kind of a, of a, a, a being that God, do, God does, can never be comfortable with death. God does not, he's, he's not, he doesn't flow with death. 
he doesn't what flow with death that one of the signs you know when god when there's not enough god in a place is when death can survive and keep going on without being tampered with what does that mean it means that death can keep going on and and the dead never hear a command when you bring the dead around god it's time to stop being dead because there's something about the nature of god is who, who quicken it the dead that is his nature he it's not by nature. It's not that he, he just he's just who he is. That he, his nature he, he quickens the dead. What does that mean? That he is a god of when you bring a living thing to a god, it doesn't matter how far it has gone. God, there's something inside God's heart. There's a way he's something he's longing to do to command it. God wants to command the dead. That's the reason why he's so. He went, okay, let's get, if you can get the whole world saved, let's get them saved. He raised evangelists, all kinds, manner of evangelists that have been raised. Different breed of anointing. You see the Riyadh Bonki, you see the Amen T.L. Osborne, you see all kinds of men that God has raised to evangelize the nation. And God is doing that for a reason. He's preparing. He's preparing because he knows that it's, it's going to be time very soon. He said the day is coming when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And them that hear... They shall live. God is a quickener. God doesn't just you can't just bring a soul, a dead soul around God, and and then the soul won't be experiencing requirement. Especially if you, imagine a born again soul. You bring a born again soul around God. Amen. God does not pacify death. He doesn't pacify dead men. He doesn't. Amen. Stefano. Paris Thank you, Jesus. not a priest. Precious. Precious. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 When you are, when God comes, living is not optional. God, God is not satisfied with a soul that is not responding. A heart that is not responding. A heart that cannot be commanded because God is a commander. He, 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 makes, he makes soul. He has requirement of soul. It's spiritual requirement. God wants, when God looks at his soul, he has one motive. This soul must become spiritual. This soul must be, you know, there's a lot of fanfare and ministry and all that. But really, all God is thinking is about how to make a soul. Who is it? What's a spiritual soul? A spiritual soul is a soul that has impulse, that has a, a spiritual pulse. You have a, a response to God. Praise the Lord.
Amen. Amen. So every soul is made to be commanded, right? And by the way, commandment is the instrument of quickening. It's how God quickens. How God quickens is by commanding. Do you see the meaning of commandment now? So going back to that question I asked before, this great thing that Jesus saw when he looked beyond the law and the prophet, and he saw something in the spirit that he answered from. What was he seeing in the spirit? He was seeing the father's heart attitude towards man. Another word for commandment means the commandment is a defines the response that is required. Praise God. There, there's a lot of te- a lot of teaching. A lot of I began to see a lot of insight. I think was it, was it a few months now, where I began to see a lot of insight concerning things that Jesus did. Not just Jesus, but even the apostles when it had to do with raising the dead. No, I mean physical dead. Um, there are some principles I saw about that. The way they heal people is not the way they raise the dead. Uh, praise God. I, I hardly saw a place where maybe, maybe the dead and then maybe they lay hands. But someone can be sick, they can lay hands. They just spit on the ground and, and mix the clay, put it on the eye, and the eye was healed. Pray, amen. Uh, am I correct? Praise God. There was now, and I'm not saying that just raw anointing can raise the dead. That's not what I'm saying. Are you getting me? It happened in the Old Testament. Elisha, someone died, fell upon Elisha's bones, and the anointing. Praise God. But I'm just talking about because those New Testament ways, they are teachable because they did things in a way that align with principle that Holy Ghost can use to teach. So the way an old, let's say you bring an old, a New Testament minister now. The way he will minister to the dead might be different mm-hmm. from how maybe an Old Testament minister might minister to the dead. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Amen. You will not, you'll find that when it comes to raising the dead, there's one thing they must do. It's not, it's not laying hands, it's not annoying, it is, and it's not praying. Even though praying is involved, after praying, they must do something. You must command the dead. You saw with Lazarus, right? You know, when, you know that Lazarus time, when Jesus Christ came, and Lazarus had died, I know that, that thing was for teaching. It's for teaching. The Holy Spirit allowed it. Wait, wait, he's not dead yet. Let him die. Oh, no. Praise God. <laughs> How do they think? Holy Ghost, God, and all that. When they just do some mean things that they don't even consider human beings' feelings at all. <laughs> they, they, were not, they were not thinking about how, how matter we feel. How Mary will feel. It just, it just, we're just waiting there for him to die. Praise God. Even, they were not even conscious about Jesus' own feeling. 
Because that's where, that's the only time Jesus wept, right? I know they didn't say Jesus cried, he shed tears, he was emotional. They said he wept. Amen. I know that thing just took a whole verse by itself. That is that. <laughs> It's like Jesus wept, full stop. And, and then they waited and they continued after. It means that he, he wept. What does it mean to weep? Praise God because of he lost his friend, almost like a brother. Right? So Jesus had every feeling that we all have. As, I want you to know that weeping doesn't mean you don't have faith. Sorrow doesn't mean you don't have faith. Amen. Bible will say, speaking to Christians, say rejo- rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Means you, Christians can mourn too, but they just say they don't mourn as those without hope. It's a different kind of mourning. So Christians are not robots without feelings. Uh, you know that. You, you, I'm going to if you accept that. Uh, now, am I speaking on belief? Is this uh, praise God? Amen. Amen. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And Jesus wept, and he wept, he wept, praise God. But you see, something else was going on, and he was also groaning in the spirit. Read that John chapter 11. Mm. That, that groaning was, was actually prayers. Mm. It was actually deep groaning in the spirit. Praise God. Mm. I, I believe that groaning was, the, was a generation of power. Mm. It, was, it was generating what? Power. <laughs> they didn't understand why he was why he was groaning they, around him. Why was he groaning? I, I believe I don't know the kind of groaning. It's a kind of prayer. You no know, groaning is a kind of prayer. Praise God. <laughs> I'm not sure that Jesus was a technician when it comes to things of the spirit. Jesus was a master of the. Amen. He knew the ghost, the Holy Ghost. He knew how he knew things concerning power, both the real power. And then even when it comes to the power for manifestation and the anointing for outward manifestations as well. He was a master of all of those things. Amen. Amen. So, you know, so you know he needed to, he needed to groan in the spirit. Not more than once. They mentioned it there that he was groaning. He was groaning and groaning. Then after, and one of the ways I know that groaning was deep prayer was after he finished groaning, then he thank the father then he said i know that thou hearest me always praise god so he was praying it means he was praying to the father and he groaned and then i believe when he sensed power was available then he asked them where did you lay him and they told him they say, and the matter, does it matter like him? I say, but look, <laughs> this guy has been dead for We are all sad. We don't add some discomfort to our sadness. By now, you must be smelling and... Amen. Praise God. And then Jesus asked them, take away the stone. They removed it and then he spoke. So that thing was a physical thing to, to bring someone back. Amen. Now, are you getting what I'm saying? But it is a teachable thing about the character attitude of God towards the dead. 
So that man that was dead can hear. I don't know if you know that. The dead can hear. Do you know that? The only person who who can hear is the one who has been destroyed. Destroyed means you've been consumed. It means you you no longer have a frame left. If you don't have a frame, it means you no longer have ears. But if he's just dead, he can still hear. The dead can hear. That, that, the ability of the dead to hear is the secret behind preaching. God, heaven, you know, you can preach any man back. As long as he hasn't been destroyed yet. Preaching is powerful. Through preaching, you can call the dead. By that, I mean a soul who has become so docile and cold towards God. If they can be hearing, preaching, preaching, preaching. Preaching, 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 and preaching. Preaching can bring somebody back from the dead. It doesn't matter what level of death you're experiencing. Some of us are experiencing death in different levels. Someone's death might be that I don't get any revelation anytime I read the Bible. Yeah, that's a death. Because you are not meant to be like that. You are meant to have impulses and response towards the Spirit of God which is a revelatory spirit. Praise God. But do you know that through hearing and hearing, revelation can be activated in a man? Giga means you can bring someone back from... Are you getting me? Any dead situation, any death around the soul, Death can be a love walk that is impossible. Mm. You are dead towards it. You, see, ah, you can't measure this love walk. Mm. Just keep hearing. Mm. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Through revelational preaching and teaching, that's how heaven commands the souls of men. And every soul that has not been destroyed can be redeemed. By hearing. And he spoke to him, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, they began to see him coming out. So the dead can hear, right? The time is coming when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. They that hear. See, they that hear. They that hear shall live. What are they hearing? What is the voice of the Son of God speaking? The voice of the Son of God is the, is the giver. Praise the Lord. That voice is the giver of the commandments of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this thing called commandment, right, is in the spirit. But inside the commandment, 
contains an information. It contains an information. It contains a revelation. Commandments of God is not like just men's commandment, right? That just, hey, go and do this. Go and fetch water. Go and sleep. Go and wash plate. Go and do something. Amen. You can, do, you can call those commandments. According to men's order, they are commandments. Praise God. But the difference between man speaking and God speaking is that God's commandments are always revelational. Because the things that God needs to say to man are not things man knew. They are things that if man knew them, man would already be saved. But the reason for man's condition is because he doesn't know them. I mean, if you believe that the things that will make the dead come back to life are things the dead did not know. Because if the dead knew them, he would be alive. Do you know that, you know that making the dead come back to life is not just... Uh, you don't know what it takes to make the dead come back. It means you are able to defeat... It's a war. You have to, you're able to defeat the powers of the grave. The grave has powers. Praise God. It means that through speaking, you can transmit information to the dead. That gives the dead enough argument against the grave. What, how the grave holds souls is argument. You know that? When the imagine grave is talking at this level, and the soul is at this level, that soul has nothing to say. You can't. A soul cannot measure a walk higher than the grave when it has lower no lower knowledge. Than the grave. And let me tell you, the grave is that the old souls of men is educated. In, it's educated in matters of the soul. The, the grave knows how to keep the soul in bondage. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? Yes. Uh, he knows how to do what? He knows how to keep the soul in bondage by its argument, by its knowledge. Praise God. By its, by its what? So, so in order for, for the dead to arise from the grave, there must be a revelation to the dead. In other words, you must empower the dead with what it doesn't know. Are you seeing that? So, Commandment is not just raw, hey, come and do something that you already knew. Commandment is actually the giving, it's a revelation. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Commandment of a soul is tell the soul what it didn't know yes, that was keeping it in bondage from measuring the work that it should have worked. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Death, and our faith for death, is the inability to walk as the living. Inability to walk as the living, to measure the walk of the living. And that inability is, is, a, is a separation, that's what we know, that is separation. What is that Separation. Separation means a gap that you can't just meet up. Praise God. 
and that the, the what is making that gap that separation is actually praise god is amen, amen. is a separation of death is the is the gap is the is the difference or or the gap in work now you might think that death or the grave just means someone else is just lying there no, that's not really what it means. Really, grave, the, you know, graveyard is a walk, serious walk. I feel like graveyard might be more busy than... I'm talking of graveyard of souls. You get what I mean? It's to the living that they are not doing anything. You, you get it? But when, when you go into the, the world of the dead... Amen. That's where the wisdom for all these movies you see. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. You you see all kinds of walking. They are even more busy. It's possible that when you go to that world, they are more busy than than the world. Yeah, that busyness. They are just walking. They are doing things. Amen. Amen. So the dead also has its walk, but it's is the walk of the dead. It's not the work of the living. So to make the dead walk the work of the living, you must interfere with the feet of the dead. The feet of the dead must be quickened to walk like the living. And what controls feet is revelation. Programming. When you program the man, he walks a certain way. Are you seeing that? When he called, Lazarus come, is a walk. Measure a walk out. He say, "Hey, go and bring Lazarus." He say, "Lazarus, come forth." And he that was dead came. He walked. You walk out of the grave. Every the only way a dead soul can walk can live is that he must receive revelation. That revelation is the interpretation of how are they living walking. Yes, sir. That revelation of how the living are walking yes, must enter the day that revelation lands on a dead man, he has just found a different step. <laughs> so, when the he who quickened the dead is actually how he quickens the dead, is he gives revelation of a different place, a different way to walk. Praise God. <clears throat> the, 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 the death walk is just simple. It's just the walk that the devil has taught men to walk. He has taught us using the world. Praise God. Amen. Are you getting that? Yes, using the world, he has taught men how to walk. So when I use the word death, I'm talking about how men are walking. That's just what death means. Death is not a passive thing, no. Death is very, very active. Active in the sense that it has to do with your engagement. What you are doing. How you are doing it. The wisdom behind how you are doing it. So it's not just that you are doing something. No, it's what are you doing? How are you doing? Where is the wisdom or the direction of what you are doing? Praise God. So you, so you see that this world is actually an agent of death. Right? The world, by how does it keep, make, keep men in death? 
or keep men in separation is through its lusts. It's love. It's lusts and it's love. Praise God. You hear the word love walk. Love walk. See love walk. Love walk. Love walk. Yes. They are all walks. There is love walk in the grave. Every walk, is, if it's not a walk, love walk is not a walk. When you are really walking, when you, so you've entered love walk. If you say, I have a walk, what kind? It's a faith walk. Awesome, clap for you. Thank God for your faith walk. But every faith walk is to, faith walk is the teacher of love walk. In other words, anybody who is, when you say, I'm walking by faith, if you open your eye to see that person, you see that the person is not really walking. It's like maybe when my daughter tries to walk now, I will hold her hand and then she's walking. That is what you call faith walk. When you open your eye to see a believer's faith walk, you see someone is holding them and they are walking. You can't leave them. They are not, the walks you leave them, walk stops. Faith walk is the training of walking. Faith walk is how they train a soul for love walk. So, someone who is just faith, doesn't mean faith stops. You know what I mean? Is that that training of faith walk is, is, the, is where they impart the strength and the skill of walking. So when a soul now becomes a lover, he's now a real walker. Because a lover is a soul that has gained skill in the path. You can leave them alone and they can walk. Not, not just leave them alone, but they, they in themselves, they understand the walk that they are supposed to walk. Are you, are you seeing the difference? So faith is the teacher of walking. Praise God. So faith is what, is what teaches for love. So you see, in the grave, there is what you call love walk too. Right? What is the love walk of the grave? It's the love that the grave teaches. Yes. The love. Which what? Mm. Amen. The teacher of the love walk of the grave is called the fear of death. It's the fear of death that holds the hands of men and trains them how to walk in the grave. Praise God. Say fear of death. Fear of death. Does it mean I'm afraid of dying? No. In a sense, that means, but fear of death means it's the, the fear of death is the, is the instructor of death, is the, is the teacher. What faith does to the path of life is what this fear of death does to, in the grave. Are you seeing that? The fear of death is what makes men marry their life. God. That lie that was given to them as wow. their life. Hey, my life. Oh, hey, my life. This will happen. Fear of death. Are you seeing that? Yes. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's death's messenger. He's a trainer of man. He's, what is the purpose to teach a man to become a lover? Lover of what? Lost. Oh, lost. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
So you see that fear, and that fear begins to be imparted to every soul. The world imparts it. Right? The world imparts it from a young age. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All the things that a person ends up loving, I mean, things of the world that a person ends up loving, are things which that fear taught the person. And what magnets the, what solidifies the soul to sort to those lusts, if you check it, when you check what is, what is God means soul and lust, are fears. Is that fear? Is it is the fear of death? Is a fear of death? Is a fear of losing their life? It's not really alive. It's what the, the devil has portrayed as life to his soul. Those things that and that portrayal of life are things. Many they are lusts. You know what the devil portrays as life to the soul through the world are lusts of different kinds. All the attachments. Are you, are you seeing that? And when those, those, when loss is coming, loss is preaching. What is he preaching? Is fear. You need me. In fact, you are going to die if you don't have me right now. <laughs> you know, his preaching is that we are, you, we are not meant to be separated. We are meant to be together. You need this. You need that. Are you getting me? Yeah. That those things of feeling of expediency when it comes to natural things, those are the things that define the walk of the dead, the walk of the grave. Are you seeing that? Are you, are you getting me? Okay. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. How many of us believe what I'm saying? <laughs> so anybody who can never have an a revelation about imagine what it takes to make bring, imagine someone who has been taught by the fear of death to walk and live for the loss of the things of this world praise god and to him he's just living a life imagine what it would take to now begin to deliver a person from such a thing it would take a revelation Praise God. You take what? It will take a revelation. It is a revelation of another walk. Remember, I say henceforth, Ephesians chapter 4, therefore, that you no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the word vanity of them. Are you seeing that? Another word for walk is conversation. It's the same thing. Because of that walking, the vanity of their mind, then they have their, they have having their understanding darkened, being what? Alienated from the life of God. The ignorance that is in them. Are you because of the blindness of their heart? These are those are installations of death. What keeps many? Are you seeing those things? The the goal is for alienation from the life of God. What are the alienation from? What's the, the real core of it is that thing they call the ignorance that is in them. That ignorance that is in them is what is 
facilitating the work of the grave. So let me tell you a secret. It's not a secret. You already know it. But let me tell you anyway. Praise God. The power of the grave is ignorance. Is what the dead don't know. As long as the grave can keep the dead from knowing them, the grave owns them. Any soul who has gap in terms of their walk from the walk of the living, say the living. The, living. the first living is Christ. Yes, sir. Without outside Christ, there is no living. Uh-huh. So any ignorance of things that of Christ things constitutes death to a soul because it produces alienation from the life of God. Am I making sense? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Father, we bless your holy name. Amen. We give you glory. Praise the Lord. So, the commandments are... Commandment is the answer to the ignorance. Are you seeing that? It's the an answer to the ignorance of death. The ignorance which death uses to keep men walking in the grave. It will take the giving of commandment. What is commandment? Commandment is the definition of a new walk. It's the definition of a new word, of a new walk. Defining a new walk to his soul. And the, the commandment which, the, the walk which the commandment come of God comes to define is what you call love. Amen. Amen. Is what you call what? Love. It's what you call love. Love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? Yes, so advance ask you who is the lover of God? Tell me. Is a doer. Is a doer. Amen. Uh, we didn't know that. That's simple, right? I'm just checking if we are flowing together. Are we flowing? Are, are we sure? Let's see a little bit of that in John. John chapter 14. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your name. Amen. Let's see John, John chapter 14. Thank you. So, so it's commandment is what makes us, it's what, what that thing called usability makes us usable. What is redemption? Redem- commandment is the tool of redemption. This is the tool of what? Of redemption. To make a man usable. You have to bring commandment. It's a giving of commandment. So, the, the, a usable man is a lover. Right? 
I, I tell you, what is the use of God? It is God is for indwelling. Mm-hmm. And you know, anytime you talk about dwelling of God, you're talking about love. Love is the preparation of the dwelling. We'll come back to John. Let's just quickly see First John. Praise God. You see First John. I think it's chapter 4. Thank you. First John chapter 4. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 15. First John 4 verse 15. says that whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. He says, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Praise the Lord. And we have known and believe the love that God had to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love, doth what? Dwelleth in God. And what? God in him. Then see, herein is our love made perfect, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. I've explained to you what this day of judgment is. This is not the day that the unbelievers are going to have fire. No. The, the judgment is when they bring the standard, right? Of judging men. Who is the, of, what is man's standard of judgment? Is Christ. Is Christ. Because Christ is a man. So God is not an impartial judge that he will bring one thing that is completely foreign to you and used to judge you. No. If God wants to judge a man, imagine Almighty God standing and judging a man. That's the picture of. of <laughs> it's not fair. It's a picture of. <laughs> praise God. It's like it's an injustice. Even the man who accused him, how can you be judging me? <laughs> you can't. You don't use your standard to judge me. So God is saying, okay, we'll do it a different way. Praise God. Who will, who will, what the standard will measure you with is a man like you. So, so that way you can't come and say, ah, it's God. No, it's a man like you. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. Christ is a man who fulfilled his destiny. And he didn't just fulfill his own destiny. He fulfilled the destiny that they called you to fulfill. So when they decide, what will Christ do on the earth? What is that thing we decide every man should do? What is the expectation we've had for all men? We won't add anything to it. We won't remove from it. Just that same expectation that we have of man. Let this man come and do it. Are you saying that? Then that man, they now take him. He has done it too. This is now the judgment. So when you ask me, God, what is the judgment they show you? This is... is That man seated. And when you see him, when we see him, you know, ah, he's a a man. Some of us, we don't, we are, what we, we are thinking when we see him, one kind of thing, angelic being, creature, something like that. When you see him, it will be, it will be, for some people, I pray for us, it won't be like that. For us, praise God, because we would have already seen him and seen him and seen him and seen him and, and he won't be foreign to us, but by God's grace, amen. But when some guys see this Jesus, it he will be a man. They will see. This is him. You, do you know that after resurrection, 
Resurrection did not hide the humanity of Jesus. Do you, I'm going to believe that. Resurrection did not hide his humanity. When he came, that's why he came 40 days. He ate fish with them, everything. They chatted with him. He told them, put your hand inside my hand. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? So all those things were just the proof that, look, I'm a man. That same way is how he will be. How many of you believe that? Yes, sir. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. That man who is and is seated on the throne of God. So when they bring him and they are using him as your standard of judgment, you won't feel like God is being partial. And when you cite him, you will be seeing his part, his suffering, his obedience. His obedience to commandment. All the things that he did, you will be you will be able to see that. That, in fact, those things are the judgment. Mm. Because that is what they will be measuring our life against. That's why they made it in all points that they, they would tempt. You see how he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. And they now check and I said that the same resources of the Spirit, revelation, grace, anointing, all those things, they now they also brought them for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, the way scripture is opening to us, that's how it was opening to Jesus. And we are going to get into more seasons of revelation. Like that. I'm if you know that this, the way, when you, whenever you are having revelation and then grace is beckoning you to measure a walk, know that that same way, that's how it happened to Jesus too. And Jesus chose to do it. So, don't, so anytime you are refusing to do it, know that you are refusing to do something that Jesus did. He's a man. The standard they will see, the standard they will use to measure us is a man. A man who walked on the earth and was responding to the grace of God. He didn't become... He didn't move into glory by himself. Praise God. He actually he went through it through suffering. The same way you should be perfected through suffering. That's the same way he took the same path. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So so you see that um Amen. Let's read that first John five. Say that we have known and believed the love that God had to us. Praise God. Says God is love, and he that doth what dwelleth in what in love dwelleth in God, and God what in him. And so, in our saying in verse 17, that in, in fulfilling this thing, I just said in verse 16, hearing is our love made perfect. That, that word means so perfection of love is love that has, perf- that has become suitable for indwelling. That word is suitable for use. Every soul, any anytime, every soul that's measuring love walk, you're actually furnishing and building the habitation of God on the inside of you. And how well you're able to do with that commandment or that process is how. Is that, that will determine how much of boldness 
you will have in the day of judgment. They explain that day of judgment. There's a colon. He says, because as he is, so are we in this world. That they are explaining the judgment. So yeah, I don't know if you're making, you're seeing that. Say, say as he is, as he is. So, are so are we in this world. As he is, as he is. So the standard of the standard of a man, that's who the Lord Jesus became. The standard of a man fulfilling his life is a man who can receive the abode of the Father. You receive his Christ's own indwelling. Amen. Let's go back to John chapter 14. Praise God. John chapter 14. We know, we know chapter 1, chapter, sorry, verse 1, verse 1 spoke about that dwelling, right? He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Praise God. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Praise God. Amen. And then whither I go, ye know. The way ye know. Praise God. Verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When they ask me, they ask him, how can we know? Praise God. How can we know the way? He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Praise God. Amen. Then verse 7, he said, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Um, now, when we talk about indwelling or the, the dwelling of God in a man, they are in two phases. Praise God. Hallelujah. Christ first must dwell in a man. Right? Christ first must what? Dwell in a man. Then after Christ has dwelt in a man, then God must dwell in a man. And these two entities, listen, are you hearing me? The mode, the way of their indwelling is love. The manner of their indwelling the the characteristic the the way the the mode of their indwelling is how is love and the bringer of the indwelling the preparer of the indwelling are the commandments of their love Praise God. Time has gone. Let's just let's quickly read. Let's quickly read it. Praise God. 
Let's read verse. Verse, uh, verse 18. Praise God. It says, I will not leave you comfortless. It says, I will come to you. Right? It says, That yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Praise God. And then, because I live, ye also shall live. A little while the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Amen. Amen. And because I live, ye shall what? Live also. To that word, because I live, ye shall live also. It's not only saying that you will live too. You know, it's more than that. It's saying because I live, it's talking about the kind of way I live. That my way of living will actually be communicated to you. Are you seeing that? That's what the mean of what he said as the father had life in himself. So has he given the son to have life in himself and has, to, has committed all judgment to him. Praise God. Because the son also is loved of the, of the father. What chapter is that? Amen. John chapter, is that chapter 5 or? 5.26. John 5.20 what? John 5.26, praise God. Let's read it. Um, Amen, amen. Let's read from verse 25. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 24, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. Amen. Amen. But is passed from death unto life. <clears throat> Amen. You know that word, have, that, that word condemnation is talking about when you say condemnation, praise God, is condemnation means, this, listen, condemnation means activity contrary to the ordained use of a thing. Or posturing is that, that is contrary to the use. When you say, ah, that thing is condemned. It doesn't mean it's not existing. It doesn't mean it's not, it's just that it's not useful. You know what? That what condemnation means you are you are contrary to your use, your fashion, the right fashion. Are you getting me? So uh, the word condemnation is highly tied to walking. How he is so when any soul that is walking wrongly is walking in condemnation. That's the that's the New Testament meaning of condemnation. Romans chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who in Christ in Christ who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit, praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So, so when what makes his soul not walk in condemnation? When the soul that's walking in condemnation is the one that's not walking in the spirit, but walking in the flesh. Are you getting me? So they are not able to measure the walk, the walk of life. 
or the which walk, what walk is that? Is the life which the law of the spirit of life in Christ makes a soul to walk. So for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. Am I, am I, am I correct? So this condemnation here is that the answer to condemnation is hearing. Hearing my word. Are you seeing that? Is this making sense? I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me and hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed. I spoke about passing from death to life. How you pass is walk, is change of walk. Are you seeing? So that hearing is talking about the information that should come into the grave to change the what to walk of a, a, a person or a soul from the walk of the dead to the walk of the living. And when that happens, they say the person has passed from death unto life. Amen. Then, then verse 12, 45 now begins to say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Praise God. They that hear, by virtue of the life information, that law of the spirit of life is something that you must, the dead must hear. When the dead hears it, it configures their walk. It makes them begin to walk. Is the, that law is a law of spirit that governs life in Christ. Is a law. The, when the soul hears that law, it's a law of walking. It makes a soul walk out of condemnation. No soul can live above condemnation except with that law. If a soul doesn't hear that law, and that condemnation thing is deep, that condemnation thing is something, it also manifests a little bit in feeling. Some overboard, some to a level, but it's not just really a feeling thing, it's really about how the soul is postured. Are you getting me? Yes, and uh, the contrary of condemnation is justification. Is that the soul is justified before God because it is, it is fashioned rightly. Praise God. And justification is brought about by a spirit. It's a spirit of walking, a way of walking that the soul has acquired by virtue of what it has heard that fashions the soul's walking in the spirit. Praise God. So, and this is communicated by the voice of the Son of God. You see, and those that hear the voice of the Son of God, they will live. Praise God. Verse 26, for the, as the Father had life in himself. So, are you seeing the reason for communication of life by speaking is to reproduce life in men. The same life which the Father, the same way he has it in himself, so has he what? Giving what the Son to have life in Himself, and has given Him authority to execute judgment, also because He is the Son of Man. Are you seeing that thing? The reason why He has ex- authority to execute judgment, even though He is the Son of God, but not that Son of God part is not what gives Him the authority. To ex- if that's the part, then God might as well just judge by himself. Are you getting me? It is not Christ's divinity that gives him the authority to be the standard 
and the, of judgment for man. It is his humanity because he, he partakes of the same nature. He partook of the same nature. So God can use him. That's the authority for judgment. Are you getting me? So God made it such that when his commandment is coming, no man can have an excuse. Ah, oh, this is too high. Hey, hey, hey. Why are you bringing Amen. They just need to tell you, hey, sir, calm down. This command, this, they're just telling you what a man did that you should do also. Praise God. They're just showing you the life, the standard. Are you seeing that? So, Christ is God's instrument of judgment. Praise God. Verse 20, says, Marvel not at this, for the tower is coming in which all that are in the graves shall do what? Hear. Amen. And shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. They do good unto what? The what? Resurrection of life. Say do good. Unto. So now, how does good come? Tidings. They are, tidings is the news. Anything that is that it comes from the realm of the living into the grave is a tiding. It's a news. You can't, find, you can't buy it in the grave. You know you can't buy the gospel in the grave. How I many of you know in the grave you can't learn lo- love walk? Do you know that you can't learn love walk in the world? Nobody can learn love walk. <laughs> Amen. The world can never teach any man. Of all many things the world can teach a man. The love, world can never teach a person. The love can teach a kind of... But when you really do it, you know, hey, this is not really love. <laughs> you find that any love the world teaches, when you check it secretly, you are really secretly, you are loving yourself, really. You are, you are benefiting something. It's not, it's not a love work. You can't have such commodity in the grave. Because such things are, it, it's a tiding, it's a news. Say good. good. So, so that gospel, the gospel is, it descends into the grave, is a good news, a tiding of good. Praise the Lord. That can come to the dead in the, gra- in the grave. And they will do it, and do it, and do it. Amen. And they will do it unto the resurrection of life. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Let's, let, that's okay. There's a lot we can see, learn from there, but that's fine because of time. Let's go back to John. John chapter 14. Amen. Amen. John chapter 14, verse. Praise God. Um, John 14, verse. Uh, 20 says and that day you shall know that i am in uh, in my father and ye in me and i in you praise god and verse 21 says he that hath my commandments and keepeth them he he it is that loveth me he that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me so this is the definition of love now love is not just a have of commandment a lover has it and keeps it. It's another level. Praise God. A lover has it and... Do you know that word keepeth? Say keepeth. Keepeth is a high word though. Someone that keepeth is not just... is not learning how to keep. 
is someone who they can you can give it to the person and go and sleep. Yeah. Why will you go and sleep? Because you know they have the mastery to keep the love. Soul, every soul must undergo training to keep the love of Christ and then undergo further training to keep the love of God. If you reveal the love of Christ to a soul that has not been trained to keep it, when you come back next tomorrow, you will not find that love there anymore. Find that that soul is now doing something else. Or he has gone back to what he was doing before. How many times has revelation of, of Christ's love come to us? Now, and I have a question. How many revelations of love has come that you have not kept? Let's say, let's say 200 has come. How many have you kept? That when we come back and we open the book and give account of all the revelations, praise God, of the word or commandment of Christ that has entered your heart. I will now check inside you. How, more, how many of them, when we check it, is now your own and you can keep it? You've gained mastery to keep. Are, are you getting me? Yes, Do you know the meaning of keeping? Mm. Are you getting the meaning of keeping? Keeping means it's now your own. It's now your nature. Mm. That it is an installation inside you that you live from. Mm. That something that came to you by revelation at some point, mm. you've now owned it. Mm. It's now a nature in you mm. that you live from. Are you getting me? Mm. That's a keeper. You've mm. kept that thing. Mm. Do you, are you seeing the meaning of keeping? Yes, so, this person is that one is a person that loveth me. So, are you, are you seeing something now? Can you see? I want you to cite in the spirit how law is love is a higher standard than faith. Can you cite the standard of love? The standard of it. So every lover is a keeper. You can't separate love from keeping. There's between a, a guy had a crush and this guy fell in love. The one that fell in love, the real meaning of that falling in love is it's now in love. He entered love. That one, someone who is a lover is somebody who, has, who is keeping something. Someone who has gained capacity to keep. That, that, that person, you can fight everything to remove that love from his heart. The soul has been able to garrison that love and hide it. Have you ever tried to convince somebody who has fell in love out of it before? That is an impossible task. You can never do it. But you know that thing called cross? It's just, oh, I like you, I like you, I like you. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then somebody, someone else that's more likable comes around. <laughs> he, he even forgot that he ever liked this one before. <laughs> he forgot that he ever liked you know that the feeling of liking that person is no longer there at all. That's, it has been eclipsed by this other one. Do you get what I'm saying? It means that in, in that process where he liked this one, there was no keeping involved. One of the proof of love is keeping. What a man loves, he keeps. 
You can't separate love from a man. So, so if you ask me, what if I ask any, what are the things any loves? The answer is very simple. The things any loves are the things any is keeping. Ask me, what are the things I love? How many, they are the things what? Yeah, keeping. You can tell me, hey, tell me everything you know. I can tell you many, many things, but those are not the things I'm keeping. So, I can tell you things that don't even include the inventory of things that I love. Is check what I'm keeping. Those are the things I love. So, are you seeing that? That is God's standard. That is the standard in the spirit. Are you getting me? So, in their own respect, when they are measuring a man, who is a man, they don't, they don't say, yeah, what does he... What, what insight does he have? That's a stand, that's a level. That thing means something. In other words, when you say, ah, this man has known this thing, no. That thing means something in the spirit. What that means is that this man is a candidate of being a keeper. And if we leave him alone, after a while, he will be a keeper of this thing. And he must never become a keeper of it. So we will fight that revelation. That's why they fight revelation. Because revelation are commandments that will eventually result in a man keeping a thing. And the work of spirit, men must not keep it. Praise God. Don't, men must not move from being, don't let them transition from being hearers to now being knowers and then, or becoming keepers. Because once they become keepers, they have become lovers. And when you, when a lover emerges, the devil has a problem on his hand. Because you have just brought forth, a soul that can house God has just been raised. Amen. So he says, he that had my commandment and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Are you seeing that? And he that loveth me then shall be loved of my father, and I will love him. Praise God. And then will what? Manifest myself to him. Praise God. I will manifest myself. These words are high words. Praise God. Had my commandment. Keepeth them. He that loveth me. And that love. Uh, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him. And then I will manifest what? Myself to him. So this, that first one. Is the first. Is the first. A first dimension. Of love program. Praise God. It is a love program keeping you kept things you've kept things you've kept things that things now awakens love are you getting what are you getting me it awakens love first from the father watch this oh then i will now love 
their own love also involves keeping too. It also involves keeping. It means that we want to, to receive a man. We want to let a man break into our fellowship. We want to commit ourselves to a man. We want to make a man have us. So, when a soul that keeps God will become kept by God. When any man who owns God, God will own him. If you own Christ, Christ will what? Will own you. And that ownership dealing is a dealing of love. God never owns anything which he doesn't love. I mean, own in terms of bringing into his own person. In fact, how God manifests love is giving himself. That is the true manifestation of love. The giving of what? oneself. So he said, I will then manifest myself to him. Praise God. In verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my what? My words. And my father will do what? Will love him. Are you seeing that? My father will love him. And we will come unto him. And make our abode. With what? With him. We will come unto him. And make what? And make our abode with him. Praise God. If a man loves me. Say if. If a man loves me. We will, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him. And make our, our what? Abode with him. Praise God. My father will love him. We will come to him. And make what? Our abode with him. Amen. Amen. Say make abode. Make abode. The abode is the dwelling of God. Is love. How he dwells inside of men. Praise God. Is, is, actually, is actually love. There is there's a dwelling. When Christ wants to dwell, there's first a dwelling of faith. Are you getting that is Ephesians 3 speaks about that. Okay, it's a first dwelling of what? Of faith. Then there is now a dwelling of love. Which is the actual dwelling of their persons inside a, per, a man. You ask me, a person who says that God is dwelling in me, the Father is dwelling in me, the Son is dwelling in me, is a person who has their love, who has, their, who has kept their commandment until the love happens. Praise God. Amen. I made mention, as we are closing, I made mention of the gap in terms of living, right? The life that we live. Praise God. Um, the life of the dead, which we have been taught by the world, and the life of the living. Praise God. The, in order to walk the life of the living, um, the first thing that must be revealed to a soul is the way of that life. Right? It's the what? It's the way. Because the soul has been exposed to a way. The way of the life of the grave is also a way. That is the way that seemed right unto a man. Mm. Praise God. Amen. 
Isaiah chapter 55, right? He said, For my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not thought are your thoughts. As the higher heaven is from the earth, so my ways from your ways, my thoughts from your thoughts, praise God. So there's a separation of, you see, ways and thoughts, praise God. Um, so the, the thoughts are the enforcers of way, right? Praise God. Thoughts are what? The enforcers of way. You want to bring a man into a way, the thought of the way will bring you. You must have access to the thought of that way. And to be kept in that way, you must constantly stay within the par- perimeter of the thoughts of the way. So it's really the way that is the difference. The way between God and man is actually there is a way that man has been as married man. It's, that's why it seemed right to him. It has married him. That way, man must be delivered from that way. Amen. Amen. Now, so way in men. Praise God. Way in men are loves. Are you getting me? Ways in men are what? Are loves inside the man. Those are the ways. Praise God. So, that word way has to do with the, how a soul moves, how a soul motions in, the, in terms of, and the motioning of soul is love, right? It's love beckoning from one love to another. The soul has love sights. You go from this love to the other love to the other love. If you can measure like take a man, you can let's say a man's day, right? You can physically plot his movement. I went to school, I came back home, I went to church, I went here, I went here. Then at the end of the day, you plot the map. He went to all these places. You can do that in the physical, but that's not the real accurate map of the man. In a way, it's accurate, but there's a way you can also plot a man's map in the soul. And that map, someone can be sitting down here and he's moving. From one love sight to another, one love sight to the other. So soul life is measured in, in, what in, transition of service. From one, from in transition of service in terms of service of loves. The soul, every time the soul is alive. Is existing, is servicing a love. It's a love. That's what soul is meant for. It's meant to service. Yeah, are you seeing that? So it is the love that the soul is doing. The love, the submission of the soul loves, the soul's loves, is the submission of the way of that soul. The way of a man, a man's way, are the submission of what he has fallen in love with. That's where he's constantly pouring himself. Are, are, are you seeing that? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, when Jesus was speaking about, in that John chapter 14, the beginning of John 14, sorry, I'm closing my Bible. When he was speaking about, he said that there's, there's a place for you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. They're not going to say, the way you know, and all that. They're not saying, well, how will we know the way? said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you seeing that? The way, the truth, and the life. 
the way. That word way, truth, is progression. Mm. Praise God. Mm. Amen. The way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. I am the way. I am the what? The truth. And then I am the what? I am the life. So the way, amen, Jesus Christ is the way to God. Are you getting me? Jesus Christ is what? Is the way to God. What is the meaning of that? That's the revelation that, that I want us to see. What is the meaning that he is the way to God? Yes. To God. If you are, when you are going to God, you are talking about the union. is the, the healing of separation. Am I correct? You want to, that separation between man and God must be healed. Right? But, but the soul must journey in things to get there. Those things which, the, those journey of the soul is what he was now revealing later as commandments. So the commandments are the, actually they are the revelations of the way. Praise God. They are the what? The revelations of the way. Amen. So that word way in the scripture means loves. Another word for way, loves. Another word for it we've learned is called the spirit of the heart. The spirit of the heart. The, the spirit that is operating within a heart. What is moving the heart? The way of movement of the heart that I was describing just now is, is hopping. The heart hops from love to love. Places, points of service. Are you getting that? Praise God. So that way is a broad subject. So he said, I'm the way. It's just one thing you need to know. He's talking about his, his own, he's a body of a way. When a man says, I am the way, he is many things. He's a compilation of the loves, of loves which a man must do to get to God. Does that make sense? That is who he as the way means. So, see, so now him as the way, hearts must learn him. And hearts must learn him and exhaust him. When a heart exhausts him, the heart begins to see the boundaries of God. You begin to, that's when God begins to be unveiled to his soul. Are you, because you now begin to locate the place where he is. Mm -hmm. That where you should be also. You must pass through the way. Amen. 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 Praise God. My God's good. We're looking a bit more at these things. Um, because they want to make us keepers. This way is what they were talking about in First Corinthians chapter 13. About the end of chapter 12. After listening and talking about things, they behold, I show you a more excellent way. That way is a man. That, there's, that man is, he had a conversation before that in the that chapter. And now saying, I want to now show you a more excellent way. 
that word so that's the way really chapter four that thing were full of things a lot of things praise god at a level but he now mentioned the word more excellent it excels more than this amen it excels more than this praise god christ is the more excellent way Praise God. What I say, Christ is the most excellent way. There is a most excellent way. Is God. God is also a way. How I many of you believe that? God has his way. Some of us will say, ah, no, Christ is the way. God, No, no. God also, because God is also a walker. And where he also has a way of walking. <laughs> you believe that? Amen. So, but, but that's, why it, that's why it's not the most excellent, but it's more excellent. So that word more excellent means more excellent than man. Than man's way. Is a more excellent way. And we saw the culmination of that way in chapter 13 is charity. That's the love of Christ. Praise the Lord. That, that love is, the word excel means to go higher. It means that there is a way. This way is higher than man's way. It's another way. Praise God. Our time has gone. I don't know if we are blessed today. Yes. Amen. Uh, my prayer is the Lord will begin to move us into that way. Amen. They will begin to reveal Him, Christ as the way, as the more excellent way, Amen. will begin to be revealed to our heart. Let's just begin to bless Him tonight. <clears throat> Just thank him for Manasi Hebron. Let's just begin to ask for more help for for our, our dealing with the commandments. More help with our dealings with, with the commandments of God. Let's begin to ask for the revelation of more of the revelation of love the way of love but they will begin to open up open our souls up open our hearts up and begin to solidify our comprehension our profiting Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. Give you glory. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name we pray. The mighty name of Jesus. Our Father, we bless you tonight. We give all glory to you. Thank you, Lord, for this giving us this feast today. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your righteous word. Father, we thank you because these words are seeds which you have sown into our heart. We pray, Father, that these seeds will flourish. That um, there will be that mysterious dealing between the seed and the ground of the heart that will cause the content of the seed to be completely given and poured out. Lord, I ask that your spirit will reveal even further and Father, baptize our heart into the essence of this word. Father, thank you. Your goal is is that we be redeemed fully for your use. I ask for every one of us that you will begin to hasten us towards full redemption. Thank you, our Father. I give all glory to your name. Bless you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.